ladies and gentlemen, for this very special episode of the archive, just assume everything is a spoiler. Thank you. I'm John. I'm Adam. I'm Drew. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to the archive, our ever-growing library of everything, one hour at a time. Here we are. It happened. Yeah. We did it. Ba, 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 despite no, Adam's no, 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 best no, no, no. efforts, <laughs> despite yeah. all all start? the work that Adam did to prevent this from happening. Can we start off with a heartfelt apology to you, Bravis? He, he doesn't to, know what we're talking and about. And to Marcus Movies yeah. Theater Chain in general. Adam nearly killed this oh, whole it. endeavor. <laughs> We've been trying to do this again since the last one. The last Marcus mm-hmm. Movie Madness hosted by Marcus Theaters was last May. I mean, that's almost a year. And we were, we were trying to make this happen again, yeah. like yeah. within a couple of months, I think. Yeah. And dates were thrown out. And yeah. We just kept pushing it off. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely on me. He's like a third base coach waving it off. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to make a home run, and he's just not having it. Trying to make a home run. (laughs) I'm trying to make this home run happen. I now like. I also now like this visual of a third base coach. Like it's the hit. The ball gets hit out of the park, and he won't let him. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) you're walking too slow. Yeah, it's modern culture. You know, you can't make the other kids feel bad. No, 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 no. Stop it, third. Uh, Bravis, welcome back to the archive. Yeah, thank welcome you. back. Thank you for having us, uh, and thank you to Marcus Theaters for uh, allowing you to have us. Um, what is what has been going on with Marcus Theaters since we last checked in with you? Well, a lot. Uh, actually, uh, when we were going to do this again, we almost did it at De Pair because I was there for quite a while, uh, working on some projects there. That theater's looking great now; it's it's doing well. Uh, we are now finishing the acquisition of another company called uh, Movie Tavern. So that finalizes in the next two weeks. Movie Tavern. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's more of a completely dine-in kind of movie experience. Oh, okay. So, uh, but yeah. So is Marcus's goal to take over all theater. <laughs> no, I mean, as far as the theater mix goes, I mean, we're still. I mean, we're an aggressive company, but we're nowhere near like maybe some of the others that shall not be named, but. I mean, they have large numbers, large markets. We're just trying to grow, but we grow in a way to where we're not over-leveraging ourselves, not, not over-leveraging ourselves and making sure that we're a, a solid, healthy company all the way around. Mm-hmm. So, And when we go in, we try to make it a very quality experience. I think we could vouch for the quality experience. Definitely. Personally. I think you have the best chairs in the business. <laughs> it's my personal view. Yeah. And we love maintaining them. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a lot of maintenance that goes into those? All right. So think about if you had a powered recliner at your house. Okay. You could probably see it's probably breaking down with heavy usage. Your kids bouncing around in it, you know, maybe not respecting it every day. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to have to do some work on it maybe once a year, right? Yeah. Look at the amount of people we have flow through those recliners. The hundreds that we have in just a given theater that not only have power, uh, 
frames. They have heat structures in them. So we, it, I mean, all the power and stuff. Even when our cleaning crew comes through tonight, they might just do something as easy as just hit a wire that knocks something loose. So in the middle, you're trying to go in and rewire something with a flashlight or reconnect the wires with a flashlight before somebody's movie starts so it doesn't impact their mm-hmm. viewing experience. So, yeah. I mean, wow. they're great. And they, they do really help the experience. And as we're always trying to say, we'll do whatever it takes to make a better experience and to get people away from their 4K televisions and come out and actually have a movie experience. Is that the new tagline of Marcus? No. We'll do whatever it takes to get... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We, uh, well, I had to pull over earlier. And it was, you know, we just want to be... Uh, decidedly different from our competition and huh. make a good experience. So, I th- I think that the scenario you just uh, outlined would make a great um, intro uh, bit with mm-hmm. uh, with Mr. Marcus mm-hmm. and the elder Mr. Marcus, mm-hmm. like on the ground with like a flashlight between yeah. their teeth, <laughs> trying to rewire the, yeah. the seats. Yeah. Well, as you see, they're always they have the new seats that were when we do the full remodel on this theater. We hope to get the new seats or even the mm-hmm. newer model. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's. It's amazing the innovation and technology that is constantly evolving, even in just something as, as silly as theater chairs. Uh, we have a conference uh, next month uh, that I'm going to. It's in the Bahamas. It's really harsh. Mm. Um, yeah. Terrible. yeah. Terrible time of year to go there, too. <laughs> no. Well, you know what? I just watched that uh, fire documentary. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I was like, that's time my wife. I was like, you got to see that just so we appreciate it even more when we go. So Yeah, really. Um, but, yeah, so, and then we'll have different purveyors come out and throw us all the new technology from popcorn poppers warmers to seats everything whatever happened to d-box i was really excited about that <laughs> the what you know what i'm talking about d-box was the seats that you sat in that had the hydraulics that actually moved oh, around no, 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 no. i saw inception <laughs> d-box that was great like in the in the i i believe they still exist in some markets like i i say this only because another podcast i listened to podcast the ride they did uh an episode on Mission Impossible, whatever the most recent one was, yeah, when they saw it in a D box. I don't know if it's still called that. I mean, I think marketing could have a better name for it. Yeah, (laughs) but they were like very. It it is. I don't know if when you did it, like it poked you in the back or anything, or like these new ones like punch you. (laughs) (laughs) That's helicopter. Slit your Achilles tendon. Uh, I think it just hydraulically moved around. <laughs> uh, though it's been, I mean, again, what did, when did Inception come out? Oh, th- uh, seven, eight? Yeah, it sounds right. Nine, maybe? Man, I've got beef with Inception, because I hadn't re-seen it since it was in theaters, and the other day I was like thinking about it, and I ended up buying it, and within the week, it showed up on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that happens to me every time. Every time they were like, you know what, I want to see this movie or whatever, and we didn't see it when it was in theaters, because believe it or not, I don't have time to see everything. <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll rent it on a digital platform the next day. The next day, it's going to show up on Amazon mm, Prime yeah. or Netflix. <laughs> 2010 is when Inception came out. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, so nine years. So I don't really. I remember again the elevator or the hallway scene, well, and and seat moving with it. It was just, it actually was legit a pretty sweet experience. Well, think about what I just told you about the maintenance on. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I can only. I mean, you would have to have like a very spry young man ready to go, like a pit crew to fix chairs. You'd like NASA on hand. Well, yes. if I remember Ronnie's uh, had four, deba- like only four seats yeah. available. I think in one theater. So yeah, I think they were trying it out to see. 
Yeah, they, yeah, it was. It was in a particular theater. I just feel like that would be distracting for me if I was sitting next to it and they're like, <laughs> it was. I I remember seeing a movie in that theater and you could hear the. I remember you complaining about just the reclining seats and getting distracted by other people doing that, and that's almost silent. That was an incredible sound effect. You just did. <laughs> I mean, I, I would definitely love to catch somebody come in the theater. Maybe had one too many and just give them those tickets. I would just <laughs> and then just step back and watch. I'd sit in the seats behind them. Cool. Well, uh, I think we uh, we really appreciate Marcus doing this for us. I think uh, I, I will uh, openly admit I was very skeptical of the presence of Marcus theaters in the St. Louis region when they uh, came to town, but I am absolutely a, uh, a convert. I think, um, um, you know, Werenberg treated us well. Yeah. And so that was definitely like, Ooh, I don't know. We've been here for a hundred years. So yeah, that's true. I've been pleased with the Marcus experiences that I've had, and as goofy as they are, I, I love the intros with Mr. Marcus. I do, too. I like legit think those are fantastic. I, I will say a phenomenon I've seen in the St. Louis area is um, I understand Warnberg was the hometown team. I understand that you know they, they probably envision Marcus as this just company that doesn't care about movies, just coming in and buying. Mm. The Marcus family has been in the movie business even longer than the Warnbergs were. They, Dang. Since the very early 1900s. Um, they were in the movie business first, and they kind of moved over to hotels. Remember, it was 1908. I'm just saying. So <laughs> oh, five years more. <laughs> I know. If you look in the, the history, I believe Mr. Warnberg, you know, when, I was thinking when, like, when, like, the, when, he went, like a horse. He went to like Milwaukee. Physical horse he went to, to Milwaukee, movie. and he's like, look at those movies. <laughs> yeah. It took him five years. <laughs> but he actually had his own dream. No, I have no idea about that. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a company that loves the movies, and they're very passionate about it, you know, and, and both. The, Greg Marcus and his father, the senior, they, you know, I'll see Greg Marcus next month too. I mean, he, he's very passionate about sort the of on part. the ground. He's in it. And he, yeah, I mean, he's, um, he comes to our conferences and stuff. He definitely puts forth the passion and, and he listens to the podcast. Just <laughs> <kidding>. yeah. <laughs> and, and Rolando, who is the, the president of our company of our division, uh, He's the other one you'll see up there early. Mm-hmm. So in, in St. Louis, they see Marcus as this big company. And I, and I almost wanted to put a menu item called the Warren Burger. It's, <laughs> it's going to be exactly the same as my other Marcus Burgers, but people are going to remember it fondly. Yeah. yeah. They'll remember it better than they, they actually yeah. should. And it's, uh, they're like, oh, it's nowhere near like that Warren Burger. And I'm like, it's the same burger. <laughs> you know? And um, I would absolutely buy a Warren Burger. <laughs> but, um, and then another thing was... Uh, I heard somebody comment. I was in the theater because I do come in and watch movies. Um, and this one gentleman saw uh, the intro with Mr. Marcus and he made a comment. He's like, oh, this guy. And I'm like, he's actually a nice guy. He was really a nice guy down to earth. And he's like, whatever. I'm like, okay. I don't know. How yeah, you because I mean, we all knew Mr. Werenberg really, right, really yeah. well. And that guy, no. salt of the earth. I feel like you, the, it's, it is clear in those intros that they know how goofy those intros are, and, but they not that they try to be, but just like it's the nature of the beast. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's the pleasant. Beast. <laughs> I, I think they almost write them now to where they're trying to see. You know, Mr. Marcus is like, really? You know? <laughs> oh no, you really got to do this, really? Oh yeah, okay. So, I think, but they tried to play it straight; it wouldn't land. Yeah, like it, they're yeah. in on the joke, oh, and yeah, that's why it works. Yeah, yeah, Nick. 
just shoving the microphone in my face. <laughs> I also, I, I wanted to note too, I thought uh, I was impressed by the support that Marcus seems to have for uh, like repertory sh- uh, screenings, like older stuff that's brought back. Like they have this, there's a series coming out in February that's focusing on like mafia movies. Yeah. And it's not like, like uh, previously when theaters in this area would do that, like, like the Werenberg theaters that you would maybe get like a, a Xeroxed flyer, that would be posted on the theater door mm. and like that would be the extent of investment that would go into promoting stuff <laughs> sure. like that and i think that the fact that they have a a legit promo that screens before this movie right. that like it, it gets you excited about seeing an old movie in a theater again and like like you said coming out get not watching it on your tv okay. and the cinema experience i mean we celebrate the cinema experience and like uh this coming week i was just programming what do we have big lebowski Hmm. You have, uh, right now, if you've seen all those little kids, they're not coming in for one of the new movies. They're coming in for Little Mermaid. For Big Lebowski. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a yeah, little kid walking around asking for a white Russian. <laughs> so, um, and that's why we love market theaters. Though. Yeah. We do card, though. <laughs> what's, what's the deal with the Oscar thing? Oh, so we have a Best of Picture series coming up. It's in, <clears throat> excuse me, it's in next month, two days. Uh, two Saturdays, so we're going to play, I think, all but one of the Best Picture nominees, and uh, we have it in the bistro, so you can go in there and have a food voucher to where you're going to get meals included with it, as mm-hmm. well as discounts on all your concessions that you order, and then you also get the discounts on concession, and you can watch it without the bistro, and just in one of our other theaters. So it's a good series. It's it's amazing. People come out like troopers. like They're, they're in it to win it all day long wow. on those. So, and if you missed any of them, it's a good time to come out and see them. Yeah, and catch up. And it's all, you can get just one ticket for that. You can do one ticket. We're later going to release uh, individual tickets for the individual movies if mm-hmm. you wanted to see one at a time. Of course, we release the packages early. We want people to jump in it because sure. if people have bought the seats for all day, then there's only going to be very limited numbers for the individual oh, movies. Yeah. Right, right. What is the, the price on that for the whole weekend? Uh, don't quote me. My, my memory. Uh, that's sorry. That's already, but I want to say it's 33 for uh for the first day with no... BSB, and then it's another $51 for the meal added on there. So Cool. Awesome. Well, we'll put a link to that in the show notes yep. uh, for your convenience. So you guys saw an optimistic movie, Glass Half Full? <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, let's get to talking about it. Yeah, we could start that way. And this was hard because I think the critics hated it. The the masses kind of liked it. So I was I was up and down coming wait, wait, into wait. this. Whoa, 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 whoa. We whoa. haven't guessed. I was just setting the stage. I'm just I'm <laughs> Don't just... give us any context. All right. All right. No context. We have to guess just based on what we know about you. Uh, Drew, you go first. And and just to be clear on the rules. We can only say he hated it or loved it. Yes, and he, and he has to choose one himself. Okay, and I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna listen to you guys. Okay. Uh, okay. Say Good. what your votes are. Go into the soundproof 
room. Soundproof D-Box. He hated it. He liked it. No, no, it has to be hate or love. (laughs) Loved it. Hated it. Hated it. (laughs) All right, John is coming out of the booth. He was in there listening to Wildberry Skittles. <laughs> when I think when I originally created it, I paid for it. <laughs> um, it was just, will John hate it? And it wasn't, will he love it? It was just a yes or no question. Oh. So I might be start wrong. Over? No, 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 no. It's fine. Do you just right. want a so, yes or no? So no, no. You have to say either you hated it or loved it. There's no in between. Okay. Are you ready? We're ready. Yeah. I absolutely hated it. (laughs) (laughs) With every fiber of my being, Adam, I will never forgive you for this. (laughs) Ever. We could have seen the kid who would be king. And you had to be like, wait, glasses off the table? That that was my fault, I think. And I was wondering if Drew was going to hate me for this. uh, That we were going to... It was suggested to see... Uh, Kid who would be king? Yeah. And I thought that this would make a better conversation. Um, yeah, I agree. Okay. I think it would. I think it would because I think you would uh, discount your feelings a little bit more because you're like, oh, it's a kid's movie. You know? Oh, so yeah. It's, it's, you mean but, this wasn't a kid's movie? But but <laughs> I know. it was directed by Joe Cornish who directed Attack the Block, which is one of my favorite movies. And so I, I was actually very interested in that. Where do you rank it as your favorite movie? Attack the Block? Yes. What number? <laughs> How many movies are ahead of it? He's counting. It's in top ten. I would definitely say Attack the Block is my favorite movie of the last ten years. I will remember you said that. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. Mm. You'd love it. So let's get to talking about Glass. So... What's well, your, well, what's your history? Have you seen the other two okay, movies? Yeah. I've, I've seen Unbreakable. <laughs> <It's> Adam's <laughs> headphones keep dropping out. I have very large <laughs> ears. Very and the earbuds are just not having they it. They're like, well, see you. They just tumble out. It's, it's hilarious. Um, I saw Unbreakable. They did not see Split. Same. I saw them both. I saw them both. And... I saw them both, but I only saw Split after somebody said, oh, yeah, it's connected to this universe, which, okay. So I was like, well, I want to see how they manage that. So, Yeah. Um, let's, let's reverse back around again to say if you liked Unbreakable and Split. Oh, okay. I, I liked Unbreakable. Hey, he said reverse back around. Oh, <laughs> I see what he means. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, Ravens, we go first. I, I, really, I really liked Unbreakable when it came out. I do like that. Uh, and I liked Split. I thought it was fine. Uh, love Unbreakable. I enjoyed Split. I liked Unbreakable, and I also saw Split after I had heard about the the spoiler in it. Um, and I had kind of given up on Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I heard reviews that there was a big twist, I was just like, <laughs> No, you didn't. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a uh, twist? I just got curious, and I looked it up myself. <laughs> and why? <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> There's a twist in a Shyamalan movie? 
I better look this up. The Shamalama Ding Dong. Wait, 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 wait. Like, like, do you? At no point did, did I you, say I was surprised. Did you? Yeah, did you just assumption. look up the fact that there was a twist, or did you look up the actual twist? I looked up the actual twist. But okay. do, you, do you like on previous Shyamalan movies? Did you hear there was a twist and then look it up? Like, there's always a what? twist. Why are you having a problem with this? Because it's amazing to if the sequence of events is you're like, boo, 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 I'm living my life. <laughs> oh, this split movie, it's a Shyamalan thing. I'm, I'm not a Sham. I'm over it. Yeah. And then later you're we like, you hear. We live in a post-Shyamalan universe. Oh, by the way, there's a twist in this one. Oh, I wonder what the twist is. <laughs> and then you look it up, or is it yeah, like. that's exactly or, right. Or, or. Was... <laughs> so it's not, your, your sequence of events is not, do-do-do, I'm living my life. Oh, Split came out, but there's a twist. But I don't care what it is. Oh, there's a twist? <laughs> I think I'll look it up. Say no more. That does seem a little absurd. That Nick. in itself is a twist. I, <laughs> there was a movie. I assumed it had a twist. When reviews came out, I looked it up. Is that is that? What oh, you okay, okay. okay. That's that, different. That is a that different. Is different. It wasn't that you heard there was a twist after already knowing there would be one, and then was like, now I'm interested in what the twist is. All right, so. <laughs> You heard reviews, then, people are like, the twist is amazing, or the movie's actually good, and then you're like, ooh, now I want to know. Okay. So then <laughs> I... Is that true? I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I was trying to get to is that when I heard the twist, I wanted to talk to people about it, and I like went to a couple coworkers uh, and it was like, hey, can I share this twist with you? And they're like, no. And I'm like, do you want to see it? And they're like, no. And... I, Nobody would. So you're like looking let, for a support group so you yeah. can talk about it. <laughs> I just wanted to spoil it, but nobody cared enough to see it. Well, but, spoil it right now. What is the twist in Split? Um, and I'll tell you if I love it or hate it. Well, the the quick, first twist. You that, did you guys either of you watch that video? The little summary of Split I sent. No, no. Oh, good lord. All right, go ahead, Nick. So much like this one, there's a, a minor twist and then the big twist because most of the movie you don't see him as the beast. It's only in the end. So, you know, this whole time you're like... But the the beast is part of the storyline, right? Yeah, like he yeah, keeps they, talking about it or yeah, whatever. Okay. But, you know, they, they make it... Okay. They make it so it could be that he's just crazy. Right. Um, and then, so then at the end, he has these magical powers where he can climb around and bend bars and make his neck get all stretchy. Also, I wish their names were uh, The Poncho, <laughs> um, Neck Stretchy, and Purple Liberace. Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, or just Liberace Or just Liberace <laughs> uh, But yeah Then at the very end There's just the one final scene Where um, Yeah we will um, uh, They're in a diner And there's a TV And it's talking about the, the horde on it And then it cuts to Bruce Willis who's sitting there And he says something about Mr. Glass I don't so, <laughs> Adam loves this movie. <laughs> so they're talking about yeah the, the basically the discovery of the bodies and whatnot, and some ladies are like, "Oh my gosh, have you ever heard anything like this before?" And I, I can't believe it. And oh yeah, there was, didn't something happen like years ago, like in in Philadelphia? And then it, the camera slowly pans over to Bruce Willis, like, "Yeah, it happened," or something like that. And then <laughs> wow. It's like dun dun dun, Great something twist. did happen. Mm-hmm. Um. Did um, wait, you split unbreakable. Did you guys like it? Oh, I guess unbreakable. 
Unbreakable. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. <clears throat> Unbreakable. I liked it. I didn't like Split. Did, did you like my description of it? <laughs> <laughs> but I love Nick's description. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm curious. <clears throat> so in Split, what I so I actually refrained from seeing it one because I didn't have time, but also I was really curious how this movie would do if you didn't have the Split information. Um, and I'm curious how. From what how I it gl- huh? How it did? How did it do? <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I want to. What I gleaned from this movie is that in Split, the one girl Casey was uh, one of the captured girls and somehow appealed to the original personality of Split Man, Splitman, Kevin Splitman, Splitting, and Stretchy Neck, and uh, and he let her go. Uh, the beast let her go. Yeah, that's the one thing about it. if you did not see Split, you did not have the context of their relationship to where it wouldn't make sense. You'd be like, "What's with this?" You know, Stockholm syndrome. Ingenue. Stockholm syndrome. Young lady coming My back, trying to save him. Yeah, <laughs> it makes no sense if you haven't seen the second movie, yeah. especially yeah. when you know that he killed all of her friends. It's, well, like, I don't even think like they just, really conveyed that information. Like, I got that there had been other people who had been captured by him, but I don't think they even clued us in in this movie to what the outcome was of that. Yeah, a lot of Split, you almost get the feel that it is uh, one of those torture movies. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's just, mm-hmm. oh, it's a crazy guy doing it, and he's eventually slowly works his way through the group of young ladies and and to build tension towards the, uh, Casey's. And and then in the end, you f- see the twist of the superhuman beast actually comes out, and he truly is bulletproof, and he truly can bend still. and. Hmm. And skiddly do up the wall and all that fun stuff. Uh, they did say in this one at the beginning uh, when they had the computer screen and Haley Joel Osment was like, uh, <laughs> "These are the three areas that his his victims were either kidnapped or murdered in." Right. Um, oh, okay. So you got a little bit of that. And so the funny thing is, all right, so I think the movie time frame this only takes place weeks after Split. Oh, really? Well, I think. I think it's like three or four months after Split. Oh, is it yeah. three or four months? Okay. So I was getting ready to say, because... Well, I expected it to be like a couple of years later, but it's apparently, you know, yeah. late on that year. Because Bruce Willis, apparently, he doesn't shave until he catches the person he's hunting, because <laughs> at that point, <laughs> they showed him at the end of Split, he was clean shaven, oh, and yeah. he's going to start hunting the horde. Yeah, his, and then, his and then, <laughs> stubble, his uh, yeah, Willis his hunting beard. <laughs> <laughs> no shave November as I'm hunting the horde, I guess. I still think it's... I mean, obviously, I don't have the context of Split, but among several things that didn't really jive for me with this movie, her Casey's affection for it seems Split Monster was excessive. Well, like, and, and it definitely did speak to like this Stockholm syndrome idea. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And, uh, but and her relationship with her super powered person is not uh, the only one that I think is problematic. Well, Casey, what they don't show in this movie, once again, is like you do need that exposition for this movie to work on its own, is that the other movie shows her whole past, too, through flashbacks. And she went through some pretty arduous, horrendous stuff Mm -hmm. as a a young child. That's the thing, like, my uncle's in jail now. Yeah, I got that. But they go in, like, great detail about the the shit that happened to this girl, it's horrific. And they lay it out in a, in a good pace. Like Split, I thought, was really well done. I liked the movie. Um, I could spend all day watching McAvoy flip channels on that, but mm. 
And I'm not saying I'm not saying it's 100 percent convincing. It's just entertaining. Yeah, so, and I think yeah. you did better. It didn't that you did a bad job in this one, but I was saying like in Split, he does. A, I mean, he does a really good job. This one I thought was a little more cartoony, hamstrung. That was, I mean, it well, was one of the aspects I liked about this movie. I, I think he does a good like, job, but it makes me uncomfortable. Like. I, I don't like I watching it. I think it's it. supposed to. Though. Not in a, not in a good way though. I'm, I just I'm like don't do that. <laughs> you don't like him acting so hard. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you know when when you act in as a character, um, you you need time to get invested in it. When he's just like switching off over and over again, it just feels like um, like a theater student like dicking around or something. Well, to what Adam was saying in Split, you get to see him act as one personality pretending to be another personality, and you can actually see that. Yeah, he's good. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's you don't get that in this one. It feels like he was kind of brushed, like flipped through the channels faster. Yeah, it felt like very much like serving the machinations of the script. Like he it was he would conveniently be the right flip the James machinations. Yeah. Is he (laughs) is he British or American? He's yeah. Uh, It might be actually British American. Irish or is he nine or an adult? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yes he's really good is what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> would would you who have seen split would you say that that he's scottish is a more no measured no. movie than glass yes oh yeah yes okay well paced it was well paced. It, it's i would say split is a good movie i thought uh m night shambling was actually com- coming back so to speak um, Coming back from where well, exactly? He had, he had back, from he had to backdoor his return, <laughs> right? So uh, from his sixth sense slash unbreakable heyday. So this might be a good time for the history. Yeah, emphasis on the sham. We're part of oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he had three strikes that were really prominent. Uh, I think I don't know if it was the first one was Lady in the Water. I think that came before, but they still let him go on and try his hand at um, the Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Oh right, that was horrible. Probably one of the worst dialogue movies I've ever seen. And it, for a loved franchise, it was just now to me that was that was it. That was sacrilege. Yeah. No, he had one more. Remember the Happening? That was also horrible. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I still I really like, want to see that because of like, everything terrible I've heard about it. But I've heard it was a little more well regarded than, um, yeah, than uh, Lady in the Water and Lady in the Water. I just found kind of boring. But that, yeah, because at that point his twist was no, no, there's no twist to it. You knew it was coming. You're just like, okay, let's see it. Where is it? Well, <laughs> and an inherent. I, I won't say this is true of all his movies, but well, I'll just say I think an inherent problem with relying on a twist in a movie being sort of what makes the movie exciting or good or good is that once it happens or if you happen to figure it out ahead of time if you're happening to figure it out then you're sort of if the movie can't stand without that it's it's just not you know like the sixth sense yeah i i i honestly figured out the sixth sense very early on in the movie. And from that point on, it was, it seemed painfully obvious what was going on to me. And so it, it lost the effect. I think that it had for many other people. And I, and I think the big thing is relationships in a movie, if it's written well, are believable. 
extreme, crazy situations. Oh, you can super strong, whatever, but your relationships have to be believable. And he kind of lost that because he started putting so much work into trying to develop this twist you're not going to see coming mm -hmm. that his writing really faltered on his dialogue, his interaction of characters, and just character arcs in, as a whole. So, I mean, he really kind of let that all fall away, and it was, I mean, even Signs wasn't great. Look, yeah. Let me say about Signs, like, <clears throat> the twist when you see it is the <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's that the aliens are uh, allergic to water, right. which is not just bad, but it's one of the oldest sci-fi, it goes back to War of the Worlds, um, where I guess at that point in sci-fi, it's kind of believable that these aliens would be allergic to water, but... Well, it's but War of the Worlds, it's not water, though. It's Yeah, it's just a It's germ. just bacteria. Yeah, it's oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but let's, let's talk about that. So you're a, you're a space-faring race. Yes. You've traveled beyond the orbit of your own planet. You're traveling and conquering, I would say, other worlds. You look at Earth, majority of the surface covered with water. The blue who's the planet. Guy, who's the guy that's going, it'll be fine. Yeah, it's cool. This is gonna, it's, guys, we've done this before. They keep it isolated to just those big ponds yeah. on either I mean, side of I mean, the coast. It's not like they take them on the land. There's no water up on the land. We're, we're going to be fine. But do you know about the fan theory that makes it work? What? Uh, and so this might not just be a fan theory, but I've never heard if it's gotten confirmation from M. Night, M. Night. has not confirmed. Yes. But it's that they're not aliens. They're angels, and the reason the water hurts them is because it's holy water that's been blessed by Mel Gibson. Did he bless it all? He blesses the house, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So if that is true, that's amazing that this movie came out, nobody picked up on it, and like 10 years later, the internet's like, I think this is a thing. Uh, so holy water like, works on angels? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, devils. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. oh devils. Yeah. I was wondering the angel <laughs> angels. part. I was like, well, what are <laughs> the you. angels? Such I was like, I mean, That's why, the twist, guys. I was like, I was like they should have gone, mm, that was refreshing. They're, Thank you. They're demons. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, speaking of, uh, I I, wait, I just, I want to say. <laughs> Eat just, your pizza. Just the one line, I assume that you're a avenging angel come here to save us from glass. Mm -hmm. That, to me, it was like, why would you just assume that? <laughs> right. Go ahead. Oh, do we ever actually see those spaceships in Signs? I don't know. I don't think we, I don't think you ever see a ship. So like that would give more credence to that. Yeah. They're actually not the aliens. The best moment in Signs is when Joaquin Phoenix is in that closet, and he's watching the TV, the news, and like it's a news report on a, of like a birthday party in Mexico yeah. or something. And... You that's when you get your first glimpse of one of these aliens question mark devils. Um, <laughs> and it just walks by the screen and it is totally frightening. And Joaquin Phoenix's reaction is so good. I, I, even though I'm not really a fan of that movie, I think that's such a phenomenal cinematic moment. That's where that movie peaks for me. Yeah. Like the, to me, that is the twist that this is actually real mm -hmm. and it's handled in such a, a, nonchalant way but the effect is so strong because yeah. of the way it's filmed and yes and the way that the tension rises to that that is that the beginning of science is so great and then like it seems to like well my my big beef with Shyamalan is that he is a uh, a palpably egotistical filmmaker oh yeah like you you can see it in every movie that he makes that he feels superior to you as an audience. And I think it got more obvious later with movies like lady in the water mm -hmm. and, um, 
well, I didn't see anything after that, but, but even in this one, like I, I feel insulted and, <laughs> and I, I think, I, I don't know if he's like conscious of that or if it's just like, he's like a sociopath and this is his outlet on society, but he really does think he's smarter than everybody. Yeah. He's, he'll make statements like, well, I own all the, uh, sequel rights to my film, so I don't have to make them. So they won't get made. I'm like, well done. Yeah. And he's also one of those directors that has to be in every one of his movies. Mm. Oh, and and he's terrible in them. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, you know, I enjoy like when Quentin Tarantino shows up in his films, his dialogue's usually pretty funny. Even when he, and he and Robert Rodriguez will be in each other's films. And it's generally, yeah, it's like, ah, that's cool. It's in, it's entertaining, but it's not a huge deal. But his like just stops dead. The momentum of any scene he is in is like, whoop. Well, let's let M. Night get his moment out there. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, most of the stuff I write, I end up putting myself in. So it's it's a very sort of <coughs> raw so thing you to are see that. M. Night Well, no, Shyamalan. to see that be like, like oh, shit. But then I, I mean, I thought of Tarantino. I was like, well, he does it too. So it's like, it's a weird, like, and actually, as I've gotten on in the shows I'm writing, I less I might, might make my roles, quote, unquote, smaller and smaller and smaller. That's, that's part of what I don't like about it. It's like, <clears throat> you know, plenty of, Actors write and direct. Bradley Cooper does everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's a grip when it when it's just that he's the best boy. He's, he's wardrobe coordinator. <laughs> but when it's just that one minute scene of Shyamalan in a store going, "Hey, don't I know you from somewhere?" Was, I was, it's, it's awkward. It's, I couldn't believe how long it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's the, the was that classic archive question: Did it need to exist? Yes. Did that scene need to exist? No, no it does not. No, no. for the story, yeah. does this know? film need to exist? I mean, I I, 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 there are a lot of layers to my distaste for anything. But in, <laughs> in, in regard to this movie, there's a lot going on here, and I felt like it 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 doesn't a, any, any, a movie can withstand any criticism from me internally as long as it legitimizes itself, right? Like if it has something to say, or it has an interesting way of articulating, even if it's not saying anything. Uh, but the but it's really hard to to wrestle with something that doesn't really have anything to say or or believes that it has something more significant to say than it actually does and i feel like that that scene really is a, a great example of the sort of hubris that it takes i think for somebody to make a movie like this and and not no Devil's Advocate, or Aliens Advocate, whatever you want to say. Mm. Um, thank you, Drew. Uh, <laughs> good callback. <laughs> um, this, it, to a certain extent, you're basically saying, well, I saw Batch Feature 1, and I saw 3, and I, I didn't see 2, but, you know, I, some of this does not make any sense. Like, you no, take I didn't this say th- it didn't make sense. It makes perfect sense. Everything, like, cognitively, there's nothing wrong with the plot of this movie. I'm just saying there is no, there's no essence to it. There's, there is no core principle that is trying to be communicated here other than uh, the facilitation of some surprise structure. Like it, 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 it is a movie that is in service of its own plot and whatever, whatever secrets it's not revealing. That's all it exists for to me. That's, that's the, how I read it. 
For me, the twist was when it turned out that that lady who was the same age as Samuel L. Jackson was his mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. I think he's older. Probably. In real life. Um, <clears throat> like, I didn't remember her from uh, Unbreakable, no, so really. I was just assuming that that was his wife or something. Is that the same actress? <laughs> oh. Yeah, but she was playing the young mother of a child. Of his age, you know. Oh, she doesn't so show up as an as an older woman in Unbreakable. She's she does just, at the very end okay. when uh, she's talking with David. It's a very um, short scene. It's a very short up. scene. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, she's the same actress okay. played his mom throughout. And the son is the same actor. Haley Joel Osment. Right. Yeah. Um, I think here, Osment two point oh. <laughs> as I'm watching the movie, and this is not good because I'm thinking about the movie as I'm watching it. So that's already a mark against it. If you're, if you're take, if you're so sort of bored or right. Insulted in John's case, <laughs> um, <laughs> you're sitting there thinking what's not working. And I think for me, one of the things that I, I don't think worked is the movie is commenting on comic books. A lot. God. <laughs> yeah. And, it's like a breakable and also by proxy superhero movies, because I think this movie exists because of the glut of superhero films we've had over the past 10 years, you know, since, uh, when did Unbreakable come out? 99. Okay. So, so like to me, if I'm M Knight Shyamalan, I'm, I'm actually thinking this is the perfect, you know, if I have something to say about the, the, Got something to say here. I got some. I got something here about the film industry and that's where... what the that probe droid says. By the way, <laughs> Brian, that's a, a in Star joke. Wars. Yeah, um, seen Star Wars. <laughs> uh, um, Empire Strikes. I know you've seen Solo. Um, <laughs> no, but I saw the Mario Van Peebles Solo. So, <laughs> right. um, if I'm in M Night, I'm, I'm and I have these opinions about comic books. To me, it's the perfect time. You know, to to make a statement on oh yeah, to share my opinion with the, the state world. of superhero dumb and and their existence in film, but in watching the movie, there I feel I find a few issues. Issues. Thank you. Um, one, it's a very, I think it's a very uh, difficult thing to comment on the structure of your film while your film is happening. Yes. Um, which he's doing constantly. And I'm not saying it can't work, but it's a very... It just takes you out of it. Yeah, and it has to be done very deftly. And it's it's spelled out for you over and over. Characters are literally talking about it. And the, the worst was when uh, Mr. Glass and uh, his mom... That's the worst, yeah. Yes, are talking about the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, what, limited what issue or limited edition. No, the, worst, the, the worst is when she... The final fight thing. The, no, I think it's what, even what, worse when she comments on it with the other... Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what the scene. So, so like, she and... They'd be like, wait, no, David Gunn's son and Splitman's victim are, like, His all... His best gal. <laughs> they're all like, what's going on? 
and the and Mr. Glass's mom is like, he used to always talk about how limited edition, <laughs> and like this gets to the other thing that I have a problem with. Oh, showdown was that the word she used? Yeah, it was something final showdown, right. limited edition. Mm-hmm. But she said it like it was a phrase that no one had ever heard of outside of comic books. <laughs> and it's like, well, and my pro so that it, my other problem is I don't find M Night to be an authority on comics and how comic mythology works. And then how comics. how did he know that the first Superman <laughs> came out exactly. in 1930? Like the or and how the, the structures of comics work? Like I I absolutely believe there are tropes and mythologies and things like that within comics. But the way that this information is conveyed sounds like someone who has read a few comics and then researched a lot. You know, someone who who hasn't, and I don't know if M. Knight is a big comic guy. I have no idea. But the way he, uh, one, the way he represents people who are in the comics, the comics. <laughs> yeah, it's like comic book guy. Even if, yeah, yeah. Tr- even if that's a real person, and it is in some places, it's still insulting. Um, and so that falls Booyah. flat. Right, every time. That's what he said in the movie. Well, yeah, yeah. the fact that, that he has to even face. comment that he is essentially narrating your journey through yeah. this, like he's he's acting as scriptwriter, he's acting as like the editorial comment yeah. bubbles he's or a, whatever. He's a, a extrapolation man. I, yeah. Also, in that comic store, were they categorizing this is the section for <laughs> hero yeah, comics? And <laughs> this is the section well, for. And I was assuming that they were like saying, "Well, these are the some really great villain stories." When you know they are the antihero. Mm-hmm. I would say that I don't think he was a comic book aficionado in 2000 when he wrote or when when Unbreakable was made, and it looks like he's not moved forward as far as the right. comic books since then. Right. It's like the modern comics are, go a hundred thousand different directions. Yeah, and he doesn't. And I would I would have been more pleased with it if he had made a comment not on comic books, but on maybe how comic books are perceived today, and where that is the mass media generator. For all, almost all movie content yeah. now. And yeah, but uh, that's a good point. Luckily, I have the ability to where I can enjoy a movie and still pick it apart. Mm-hmm. You know, like Roadkill, because I mean, <laughs> it is. There's so many things in this movie, so many choices they made that it was like oak and oak. You know, <laughs> the final showdown, as it was referred to, people just kept behaving in ways I don't, I didn't understand. Um, yeah. like for instance, Mister Glass. You know, it's revealed that that uh, the split guy's dad was on the train that Mr. Glass crashed, and so um, the beast like you know breaks his bones, and then he's like teetering, like I'm, you know, I'm in so much pain, I'm gonna fall over. Why doesn't his mother run over and like stop him Tend from to him. falling yeah. on? Like she's very close to him. Yeah, I felt like the whole movie there were these um, contrived. Like every time there needed to be security guards, there would be. Every time they didn't, they're, yeah. they're in the hospital. It, it's strangely it's absent. Enormous hospital, and it feels like there's only two people working <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, usually, and these are criminals. Yeah. Like right. they have been arrested. Yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. In in the scene where Bruce Willis finds out that um, they're keeping, uh, what's his name, the Beast. Also, um, he says you can't keep him here without guards and there are it cuts to her and there's three guards standing behind her (laughs) (laughs) well you know even even going back to uh, mr glass and his mother at the end so tantamount he she is saying to him 
why didn't you know you're going to get killed? Instead of being comforting or being there with her son, she's like, didn't you know this was going to yeah. happen? What the hell? <laughs> What's, you know, I, why didn't you think about this? <laughs> and then you find out that he did, but you know, he's so smart. He orchestrated it all. Couldn't he have done another plan that he didn't die where he didn't die? Yeah. 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 Not necessary. Well, I think that was part of the whole thing. Like, this is an origin story. I mean, in his mind, I think they all three had to die in order for the quote-unquote real story to right. take off. The Justice League to form yeah. at the end on the So if he had lived, bench. it wouldn't have worked. So he had Why? to die. I, I, don't, I don't think it's a logical thing, but I think in his mind... He's so smart, though. Well, it's a comic thing. <laughs> he he's is like crazy. I mean, he's smart, but he's still he's, crazy. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's I, little, I will say... Oh, I mean, uh, I, his mom is uh, four years younger than Samuel Jackson. Yes. <laughs> I think that um, that's her superpower. <laughs> his behavior actually tracks, in my opinion, from Unbreakable in that he is more interested in the mythology yeah. being real. Now, we aren't given a reason why the three of them need to die, and it's not even said stated that that is the case. And and but he's so hammy that he has to have it that way. Mm-hmm. Or I, I think because we're, we don't know, we're all reaching for a reason why, because yeah. he is so smart. Um, and that's what makes the most sense, given his character uh, and how the character has behaved. So it's not good. It, it's not a satisfying answer, but I think it's the most apt one. So the evil genius is more evil than genius. We'll say that on that. And lucky. But let's talk about the secret organization. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yes. Oh, that is revealed scene. as it is uh, it's like occurring. They're, wasn't they're the, always like, at brunch. Yeah. <laughs> they're always out dining and it's only like their lives. Like, Jeez, these people got to hurt me. We got to get this meeting going. And the minute somebody walks out, they clock the doors and then they all go silent. Wasn't the reveal of that the weirdest scene? Yes. Like of yes. all the different things to show that it's this evil yeah. organization. Now, did you yeah. did you get the heavy, heavy-handed aspect of they all have the uh, three-leaf clover oh, yeah. tattoo? They had tattoos. Because they're going to get rid of it's, <laughs> they're going to get rid of the four-leaf clover. Oh, it's right. heavy wristed. Oh yeah, it's like, but except for Sarah, she has a tramp stamp of it because she's one of the higher-ranking ones. That uh, the the scene, the flashback scene that he uh, uh, Bruce Willis uh, views when he touches right. her is like the exact opposite of that scene from uh, Signs mm-hmm. with Joaquin Phoenix. Like <laughs> it, it is like if this movie had any air left in it whatsoever, that that reveal is like just just untying the bottom of the balloon, not even poking it, just <laughs> untying it and then just like letting it fly. But you know what? When, when that scene is going down and she's holding his hand, you know the only thing I could think of is like, how's his hat staying on his head? he has been through a fight they're shoving his head in water right now yeah and his hat's not moving and then i thought why why did he get the hat why did he get the poncho i think that's out of the bag at this point yeah 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 we're not we're not trying to protect unless you're just worried it's going to be a rainy day i feel like he only did it because mr glass told told him to to. yeah Yeah. he's like yep better put on my superhero costume I, i and i'm okay with that i i feel like he is living into the ideal, and I think by the end of Unbreakable, he has fully decided, you know, I am... This, unbreakable. I am unbreakable. That was the final word of the but, movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, and, his wife, while his wife was alive, could she have not helped him on some fashion choices for this? Yeah, <laughs> her, yeah nothing has m- changed Maybe like a balaclava, maybe something years. to cover the face. I don't know. You don't have to go for the shadow... You know, poncho. <laughs> I hope in the next movie, well, uh, Tony Stark shows up and gives him a poncho that has like a <laughs> AI in it. 
Yeah. Poncho 2.0. Yeah. Poncho Mark II. Launch yeah. Poncho. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Poncho has dual purpose, though. It keeps water off of them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Drew. I was like, if people mm. not catching that, yeah, it's, it's his outfit. It's his uh, insignia, if you will, but it also helps keep him safe. So... All right, let's let's dig into that a little bit. Yeah. So is it is it drowning and that he can drown? Is that what weakens him, or is it just water? He's because does demon. he have to lay down and take a nap after a shower? <laughs> He's a <laughs> demon from hell. Yeah, <laughs> all the water in this movie is blessed. <laughs> I think water literally on him weakens him. What if Mel Gibson was no. the, was the priest at the hospital? Wouldn't that have been the best? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, tie that one in. Well, I did wonder. So not having seen Split, uh, I didn't know that it took place at the zoo. Oh. And so when they like so gratuitously show her, um, I, I Philadelphia's and I was like, why is why is this showing down her shirt? I, <laughs> I thought they were going to try to tie it back to the place in the village, uh, that nature reserve or whatever. I thought that uh, oh. I was like, oh, so they must all exist in not not just these and three Adrian movies, but Brody's character everything. Was a hero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I. I like the conceit that his um, his weakness is not a physical one, but it's a psychological one. Like, but I mean, that is the conceit that was explored in Unbreakable, right? I mean, I don't even remember it, but I think that that was kind of he was holding himself back psychologically and so forth. Um, and that seems to be the crux of this movie too. Like, we're just retreading that idea, but not really doing anything new with it. Yeah, and. I also find it that kind of insulting. I I, I get it. If you have to condense a story, you have a limited time frame to tell something in that you would pigeonhole people's identity to one life changing event or one really affecting moment in your life. But like this is his second run or possibly third run at this concept of like a, a comic tropes in real life. And real life doesn't happen that way. You know, like people have memorable moments that make a difference, but they, those connect with other moments. And, you know, like the totality of who we are and who we identify as is even in the most shallow way, like it, it, it's built up on multiple experiences. And so it like, I found it like especially frustrating that here's another opportunity to, to, play with this and we're still getting nowhere beyond where we were in unbreakable so it's you know split does not delve into the comic mythos at all it's not even mentioned okay i i think that that what you're talking about john uh goes back to the problem of it it's it doesn't know what it wants to be like the movie is trying to tell you that this is reality you know, mm-hmm. this is a real and and heroes do exist, but it's in the scope of our reality in a sense. So, like one thing I really liked about Unbreakable is it seemed that David Dunn's ability was always just enough. Like he could he could lift just enough weight to not die, you know, or, or he could his 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 powers got him helped him survive just enough, not beyond. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think they that's, did the same thing in this movie too, like, for the most part, yeah. yeah. And I and I think that's such a I think that's a fascinating conceit, mm-hmm. especially for a hero. It it bugged me when they're 
the three of them are sitting in front of the doctor, and she's like questioning their powers, and he's got some chains on. Yeah. Pull the chains out of the ground, right? He, like, yeah, I, we all know he could do that. Why yeah. isn't he doing that? Well, but um, the I feel like what this movie, what I think what could have helped it is if there had been a moment in the movie where we leave reality, you know, there, there, or it's the moment where David Dunn like pulls the chains off and like is unleashed. Everyone fully uh, comes into their, their abilities power. and it, and it goes, it's a, it tells us the audience, this is a myth story. Yeah. We're you know? beyond reality now. Yeah. yeah. And, and then some of the behaviors of the characters would be less, um, I don't know, awkward or, or unsatisfying. Yeah. It's cause then you can, your brain is like, okay, now we're in myth territory. People don't behave as you expect yeah. them to, you know, the, the, the relationships, which all of which were terrible in this movie, um, <laughs> I feel like would, would have more credence because they would feel like, Oh, this is a heightened version of mm-hmm. yeah this relationship or something. I don't know. So to me, it's, it's that thing of like, this is very real, but also it's not, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Not real enough. Well, yeah, when they were having that meeting, I mean, they had the, the strobe lights there to change channels on uh, the horde if they needed to. They really just had the chains on him. He could, yeah. Unless they had somebody with a super yeah. soaker off camera <laughs> that you couldn't see. But he could have just really just popped the chains and said, will you shake my hand? And then cards on the table, that plot just evaporates. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, but that, I mean, that's also a good judge of a movie. If cards were put on the table, could the plot survive? Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I don't think any of this could. I mean, if it was discovered earlier that, oh, they're a secret organization just bent on keeping super beings from ever being known. With and a that's lot of interesting conceit. Which is, yeah, exactly. And that terribly might, that executed. That might have actually made it better. That's yeah. what I'm saying. If you yeah, put the cards yeah. on the table and, and you knew from the beginning, she's trying to convince them. Because, I mean, at yeah. that point, are we supposed to, to believe that, oh, he might not be super? Because we know he is. We've seen the other right. movies. Also, I had a problem from the very beginning when she's like, uh, I guess really halfway through the movie. But, but when she says that she's only got three days to right. make them better, it's like, I feel like every psychologist in the world was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's well, like some reality show. It's like, you know, yeah. Kitchen Nightmares is like, I can make these three psychopaths better in three days or they have to be put down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, tune in for, tune in next. Crazy. We're going for a commercial break. Yeah. I, oh, go ahead. Well, I guess the, so I, I, I don't know if you guys got this, like, at the end, I got the impression that she wanted to save them from being killed. By this. tricking them into thinking. Yeah, that so that they would then yeah. stop. And I'm guessing the three-day time limit was from her organization. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying any of this is good, but that's the impression I got. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, they had, they had three days to try to convince them, or they'd use the machine to basically lobotomize them, I guess, in a way, to make them think they were never super. Well, I mean, also, I mean, the, the way that they had them all caged would only reinforce if you were trying to make them think they don't have superpowers you put bruce willis whose only weakness is water and you put him in this automatic waterboarding right. system <laughs> and you're like okay well if you don't think i'm super powerful just put the steel walls that should be enough oh right. it's not you've got to have these you know hoses yeah. on me and then the uh the flashlights for james mcavoy's character was i mean that was just fun i would just have that around and we actually because of that i mean it's funny any movie that has a flashing light system now we have to issue warnings because people who have a oh, to yeah. reactions with epilepsy, and there's so many movies that do that now. Yeah. So it's yeah, uh, this one 
quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and she never stapled anything. I know. Oh. <laughs> Dr. Staple. I, I had predicted that she was going to be the mastermind that was trying to get them together because right. she has a stupid oh. so name, did I, uh, Dr. Stapler. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Was <laughs> combining <laughs> them, you know. I, it I, was going to be going human centipede. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what Adam said. I also Put the genius at the front. <laughs> I also suspected that she was working for Mr. Glass. Somehow, mm, I did. she was a disciple of his, or mm. and this is another problem with if you build your career on twists, everybody's watching your movies, like trying to figure out yeah. the twist and not really watching the movie. You know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of Sarah Paulson just because I don't think she shows a lot of range in her characters. They are pretty much within the same dynamic. She's a screen mm. presence, not a like a real submersive actor and stuff, but. Uh, her like really relaxed tone throughout all this was kind of just like, <laughs> it, it takes a little energy out of you. So yeah. Uh, another thing I hated <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about just like all the convenient things in the movie. At the end of the movie, the uh, police show up and Unbreakable throws them all into a storage unit. Oh yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. And then the SWAT team shows up, and I guess the SWAT team is working with her. Yeah, they're not actual SWAT team. Yeah. Or they are, but they're embedded agents. But no police whatever. show up again after that. And mm-hmm. and this whole like situation of like the 12 different main characters that are out in this front yard. Yeah. And then all the extras, and they tell everybody to not look out the window. It was it just so contrived. And, oh. it, and it just was difficult to follow because you keep having these sequences where it's like, now this pair is, um, you know, dying, and James McAvoy is monologuing. And I turned to—I thought the police were still there. I turned to John. I was like, "Where are the cops? <laughs> He's been dying for like ten minutes." And she, I, yeah, the girl is like holding him and having her moment. I was annoyed when he, when David Dunn, pushes those cops into the the thing, yeah. and closes it, and he puts a steel pipe in there. And then he bends it. That Why did he enough. bend it? Why? So the yeah. cameras could catch yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. All, but they can't get out. All you need is the pipe. Yeah. And he's effectively trapped them in there. Like someone now has to unbend that pipe. It they just cut it, it. it seemed like the, the pipe is unbreakable. Absolute last choice that you would make in that scenario. If you are truly like fixated on stopping these two uh, the very beast powerful is eating beings, the other policeman behind him, right? While yeah. he's doing, while that. he's like, nope, I gotta save you guys. And are they doing remodeling at the hospital? What is, <laughs> what what is, is all this construction stuff? stuff doing out there in their front parking lot? <laughs> and then I, I really, in, in a fight scene, I don't like right. how people get in line. So, yeah, such yeah. as if uh, if you've ever seen that movie, Old Boy, as you're oh, going yeah, up the yeah. ramp, and I mean the original, not the remake, but as you're going up the ramp, it's like, well, all right, it's our turn to go. We're going to go try to fight him. I'm like, he got those three guys. Jeez, I guess we'll go now. <laughs> Instead of everybody going at once and taking them down, it's like, well, it's, which number did you draw? I got 23. I, yeah, I got a ways to wait. So I will see a movie once to, to totally up in that trope where like the hero's like waiting and a big mob comes up and just beat the shit out of him. And he's like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, and like, he loses. Yeah. Right. That was a poor choice. Miserably. <laughs> um, he, can get, he can get away later in the, in the movie. But right, just right. that moment, he thinks he's going to do the whole one-on-one thing and just gets his ass beat beat down i was really i'll start to move and he goes whoa 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 whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what's happening whoa, whoa. here what is this? which one are you first is this your first time at this dance <laughs> you know pick a time you guys go in order um i was really legit enjoying the movie right until basically the jailbreak um and then it all kind of very quickly unraveled 
and to the point at the end, I was legit. I was bored. I was like, and there's another. It's, it was it's like this sort of fake ending after fake ending after fake ending. At one point, I thought, is this still going? Like, what is happening? Yeah, and, and that's a horror. I get. I mean, I haven't felt that in, very very often in movies. But that was basically like that. That's that's really bad. And you know where I like to go when I'm waiting for something to break on the internet. <laughs> I mean, when it's about to break loose, I'm like, I can't wait to see everybody's reaction to this on the internet. I'm going to a train station. I, yeah, that where people re- are going from point A to point B yeah, as quickly as they can. And yeah, it's, right. And now it's <laughs> almost like the climax of the movie was people looking at their phones. So they're yeah. like, "We did it! People are looking at their phones." Exactly. There, yeah. there was no climax to this movie. No. Like it never I, ever got. Got there. I honestly thought what was going to happen there was a super person was going to yeah. be like, "Oh, there's I'm not crazy." We're and coming start, out like, now. <laughs> doing, yeah. Like I thought that would be awful, but I really thought that was about to happen. That they were like, <laughs> "Well, over there." Yeah. Coming. Well, and I like too that uh, the, I guess the the premise that we're supposed to accept there is that the this footage is literally stopping people in their tracks, right? Like, and, and it's Which so I powerful. Don't think it would, you yeah. Think, no. Oh, so we made like a fan movie or like yes. it's, it's, it's fake. <laughs> I mean, I just think there <laughs> are mean, fifteen other things happening on the internet that are way more interesting than watching some dude in a poncho bend of steel bar. Yeah, like and, that guy like, that photoshopped himself into <laughs> Kylie Jenner's <laughs> pictures. Yeah. And it's like the conceit is like, oh, well, there's no way this could be fake, right? Oh, look yeah, at this video. Yeah. I saw it on the internet. It's real. Right. This guy was bending steel. I'm not kidding yeah. you. And this guy was running like a dog across the lawn and he tagged a bunch of cops. By the <laughs> awesome. way, I've never seen ever in any movie someone running on all fours look right or good or cool or scary. Yeah. Like, Did it remind you of Wolverine Origins or whatever? X-Men it, Origins it actually, or? yeah, or it reminded me of Beast did it in, oh, yeah, Beast yeah. in X-Men oh, 3 X-Men. or something. It just Wolverine. never looks good, ever. Yeah, I think Sabretooth <laughs> did it in that one with Wolverine, yeah, where he's running the same way. It's, it's the same so style. It's stupid. <laughs> and I feel like at the end of it, he starts running on yeah, two legs. Yeah, yeah. He's running faster on yeah. two legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he didn't have any walls to climb out there. That's a real problem. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah that's his those, true power. He can't scale the, the sheer wall and wow, <laughs> over here, <laughs> come <laughs> up the building, <laughs> come up and get me. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> that whole sequence is him, and then just, they just they shoot him. Try to. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the showdown between oh, I the said, final I said showdown again. Uh, but you're going to need to put some context <laughs> around that phrase. <laughs> what do you mean by that? It was limited edition. <laughs> the final, um, final showdown or when the beast first fought David Dunn and they threw that table at each other. I did it. Well, and like this to me is like, what's interesting. So y- you see an Avengers movie and the Hulk like smashes, you know, does something crazy and it's cool maybe, but you're never like, Whoa. But like when There's two normal looking dudes just throw a table and catch it at each other, I'm like, oh wow! But yeah. they, then they do some weird choices, like his camera work, where it's got the fixed yeah. camera while they're fighting. <laughs> um, the GoPro, yeah, yeah. Uh, it just, it, yeah, it feels awkward. Um, then, yeah, there's a lot of the, the shots with the cars driving around and the the, the, the close ups. Of Bruce Willis's struggling face, yeah, looking kind of like, like, yeah. it, it, and 
And there when, was another one too. When when James McAvoy uses his his supervillain power of hugging people to death, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> his hug a bunch move. Yeah, yeah. yeah another he, shot that just he went does on that a lot too long. Yeah, he he crushes he people, hugs people. people to death. It would be even better if he just like eased up and started whispering weird stuff in his ears. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It'd be great like, if his head turned into the kid. And then oh his yeah, body but was the body was. Beast. Oh yeah, he's like <laughs> he talking goes, to him as the kid. Um, I have a question for you all. Do you feel this was Mr. Glass's movie? Oh no, no. no. Like he was catatonic for so over fifty percent of the movie. Yeah. Even okay, even discounting that. No, yeah, and and you feel like, I mean, obviously the the plot of it is led by his action. Uh, to some extent, uh, the the last half of the movie, anyway. Um, but it doesn't feel like it's his movie at all. Whose like, movie is it? I get well. In one sense, it is his movie because it is his. He is, I guess, the hero of the movie because. Mr. Yeah, because this I whole think, plan. I think maybe you mean protagonist. No, I mean I think he is supposed to be the hero, like like good guy heroes. Yeah, that sense the word because Based he the, oh because he's fighting the he's fighting the secret organization. That's yeah, right. he's it's I not about you. him yep. destroying people uh, or whatever. There we go. Okay, so it is his story in that regard because he is a villain and this is his transition to a hero, I guess. And though I hate the whole secret organization, I think if they have made Dad Crumb part of the organization, so that it may have been a little more like onus, like why he was doing it. That's that would have been to make that more complicated. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I think as opposed to like, he was randomly on that but train. Who's... Holy shit! Versus it was an intentional like, hey, maybe there's twenty of those people on this train. But who's going to recruit him? Nick Fury's in the wheelchair. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Professor X was. In I, the I thought they could have done some choices with his son because I thought at first when he was in the comic shop, I was like, is his son going to start questioning? Whether I thought he it was going to be abilities. Joseph's movie. That's, yeah, and, and whether he was, because especially when the, who was the villain's parents, it's like, oh, that'd be sweet if he, A, had abilities, and B, he's like, no, nah, I'm a bad guy, too. I should really... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. That, that's but, another trope that I don't really remember as being such a trope, is the, the who is the parents thing. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, that's something I say when I see a kid acting out. Like, who raised that <laughs> well, kid? Well, that's I mean, a good I don't point. don't say that about yeah. super villains. But you're right. That is not like a comic, like, who were... Well, uh, I disagree. Galactus's parents, the but, Blue Beetle, but, uh, Nightcrawler, Quicksilver. I mean, there actually there's some not. I mean, again, it's probably like a D list trope, but I think it does exist. Of like, you find out a parent is like, like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I was that their parent. That is a trope, but it's not like a trope of this is critical to understanding this. Uh, yeah, like, like everything. It's it's not leverages. A, it's not a trope in the way that. He, one of the other ones they mentioned, the villain and hero becoming allies against another villain. Sure. That's a trope that is, yeah. is a, you know, absolutely recognizable thing. But, I mean, even uh, uh, Superman v. Batman, Dawn of Justice, tried to <laughs> do something with parents where it's like, your mom's name is Martha. My mom's name is Martha. <laughs> I was hoping they would say that of between course. the beast. And- <laughs> <laughs> like, like this... this Again, it's like this is you. You have you're showing a lack of authority. On well, if anything, though, that confirms my whole thing. I mean, it's not a great trope. It's definitely a lower level yeah. one, but it happens. It does a have decent some precedent. Amount. Yeah. So, I mean, it happens that people have parents. Oh, that makes sense. But yeah, that that 
I thought something was going to happen with his son mm-hmm. realizing some ability or... Mm. Especially well, he did. He's, he's like, this is an origin. He story. can upload things. I think we can all agree that it really unravels in the last, like with the fight yeah. scene and everything. Even his son, who is very coordinated and planned, and is he's like the Bruce Wayne to this little mm-hmm. operation. He like loses his mind. He's like, that's my dad. Could you help him? <laughs> he's so weak. I'm like, what yeah. Why it? isn't he like fighting? Really? Like he doesn't. Well, he thinks they're going to help him. He thinks they're police. And but he's like, my dad. That's that's my dad. He's trying to help you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, he's a good guy but with again, the poncho. They're drowning him. Yeah, right. where's the well, sun? Well, they they yeah. escorted. He did not see that until the video was released. Like that's oh. why they moved him out. Like we got to get you out to safety. And he's like, but that's my dad, you know. And oh, I missed that. Oh, I, I thought not. he was still standing that, there. No, they took him away, and then and then when they took him away, he's like, well, yeah, we're gonna help. We're gonna take care of it. And then that's when they just uh, drag him over like okay. luggage and. To the and pothole that's not repaired, even though they've got construction equipment on uh, it. That pothole was was in a it oh, was very prominently shown. Yeah, right, right after the thing burst. <laughs> and I was literally thinking... They're not going to do no, that. No, no, even earlier than, than oh. the thing bursting, when someone's first walking up to Ravenswood, whatever, uh, there's a shot where the pothole is very, very, like... Prominent. Blue it's the blue milk. Of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of this Wait, movie, no, they were on location, and M Night saw that, and he's like, "Rewrite." Yeah. <laughs> There's like a, a little, uh, you know, caution thing, and and someone just walks by it. I'm like, "That's he is putting a lot of emphasis on this pothole." I oh, hold on, and I was very, I was, I just assumed. I'm seeing, I'm reading into this. Yeah, and so I was wrong. Yeah. So what you're saying is, it's the potholes movie. Yeah, so, yeah, it's the potholes journey. Also, it's been a while since I saw Star Wars. Did Ray die in uh, Blue Milk? Is that what happened? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Drowned in it? Yeah. Chewbacca showed up and just held her face down in the Blue Milk. It was really weird. Actually, it was Green Milk. <laughs> it was Green Milk. Uh, Is that SWAT team guy a superpowered person himself? Like, how can he hold down He's so weak. Unbreakable Water. Man? Yeah. Yeah, he Okay. Okay. See, I the whole time thought that it was just drowning was his weakness. When you said that you thought it made him weak, I I only say that because they kept saying it. Well, yeah. no. If you think about it, to Unbreakable, when he falls in that pool at the house and the kids pull him out, I mean, it's a good you know movie five minutes before he can even stand up. I mean, he's he's wrecked by that. So I think water literally. Does he not take showers? <laughs> oh, that's what I said. He has, it's a it's a solid nap after a shower. So he's. In a, <laughs> I mean, he a sponge bath, and he's just got to sit down for a while. But it's just like spraying like <laughs> vegetable right. oil all over him. <laughs> Do you think he washes his hands when he uses the bathroom? All right. Oh, these are the yeah. questions no. I want answers well, to. Well, here's another thought. All right, so remember how he said he never took a sick day? That was kind of the, one of the things that really oh, yeah, tipped him off. Unbreakable. So you're telling me he never missed work when it rained? Because I'm you're, you're you're up in Philadelphia. Yeah. He, it rains he, a little bit. He, he, it showed him at work in, in the rain because he wore his poncho. Yeah, yeah, but he wasn't weak. He's like, I just can't frisk people. Because it wasn't it wasn't touching him. <laughs> the water doesn't touch him. He's a okay. Untouchable. Unbreakable. <laughs> oh, so I'm wondering, and and I'm probably giving you way too much credit, but maybe glass is more like the fact that all the original people had to break. Mm? Mm. Maybe. Sure. Don't hurt yourself stretching on that. Right. Had to break. Like as in die. Oh, oh! I thought you meant psychologically too. That too. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, that too. I thought you meant like break out, like we're here. You know. <laughs> yeah, he did film a musical sure. ending that will be on the DVD of the Blu-ray. It didn't test we're well. Here. My muse. <laughs> My muse. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, visual cues, I thought it was uh, 
hilarious how I, I, I almost thought he was doing this like as an intentional joke, but you know, the, his, his, the, the Shyamalan trope is the reveal of things you've seen, but from a different perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's how the, the twist manifests in many of these movies. And I loved how at the end of this one, uh, when they're, they're realizing that uh, Mr. Glass wanted all of those cameras to be placed, we see the exact same shot that, of yeah. that technician <laughs> installing the camera. Yeah. No in, other information is conveyed there. And the, my, my favorite was five minutes after he said the terrible line, first name, Mr. Last, <laughs> last name, Glass. Glass. They show up after he cuts the guy in the neck. He has to cut back dramatic emphasis. Wait, what happened? He cuts the neck. Yeah. yeah, And then it shows the same footage of him saying first name, Mr. Last name. Oh, right. It was less than five minutes. But here's the thing. They did that to bridge. Okay. This happened last night without going eight hours earlier, you know? So, so it shows a little bit more, but it, it, yeah, it does show more than that in the flashback. Well, well, what about right before he cuts the throat? I mean, where, because Samuel Jackson has some sort of contractual thing to where he has to say some, he has to say an obscenity line, yeah. no matter what his character. And he's like, I was like, that doesn't match with that character at all. I was like, took me a bitch ass long time to pick the right piece of glass. Yeah. That's <laughs> very true. I mean, that's a t-shirt. Sure. It, right. Yeah. yeah. I, the, like the whole scene where he is talking, you know, revealing to, um, the beast, like, you know, he's been secretly swapping his, uh, meds for aspirin or whatever. And then he's like, we have one more minute. I've got uh, a minute. Yeah. And they talk for about a minute. <laughs> and then allegedly, then he goes and does all the, like takes the thing out of the lobotomizer. I really wanted to play yakety sax at that point. That I mean, great. Like his wheelchair is like going around. That was him like putting on a show for them to be like, Oh, you got out of your room. It's a good thing in that hospital they never give him a different wheelchair. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a really good point. Like we, oh, we we're going to take this one and clean it cuz you know you've been sitting in it for years. <laughs> so uh, That's a really good point. Look at this handle. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> but, and also I, at the first I was like when they when they showed the machine that with the I guess the new laser lobotomizer. Mm-hmm. I it, it looked so much like the old Hulk television show. Oh like yeah, the yeah. First time, I was like, oh, he's going to get Hulk. That's awesome. Yeah, maybe he's going to get gamma rays. His bones going to get strong. <laughs> I, I, he gets super strong, but his bones are still like. like <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> he flexes. Yeah, he flexes. Exactly. Himself, exactly. <laughs> his arm explodes. Like, oh no! I liked that when we had the flashback of uh, the beast's dad. They're like, just in case you don't know, <laughs> this is his dad. He has a pamphlet on <laughs> no, he's on his suitcase. His suitcase oh, yeah, yeah, said yeah. crumb, but like, then yeah, he also had a pamphlet. I was on like, the we movie. know who it is. CID, right? Yeah, it's like give him a book at least. Like <laughs> right. he's reading a pamphlet on it, and then the uh, the like slow pan over to re- reveal uh, David Dunn, which we I'm not saying they were trying to make that. Like you didn't know it was going to happen, but it just, I like again, how the, it could have been faster. Like, well, I just like how the film quality because that was a shot yeah. in the original <laughs> movie. Yeah, yeah, was so drastically different. <laughs> and again, you know, I watch Unbreakable. You know, I've seen it probably a dozen times since it came out. God, so why? if you're, I really enjoy the movie. Shut up. <laughs> but if you if you're familiar with that movie, it's like 
you're, like the 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 scene at the amusement park. It's like okay, like yeah, I've seen this in that other movie. That's a good like three minute scene that I've already seen in another movie. Mm. I thought that was unused footage. I I don't remember Unbreakable, but I read that somewhere. I, I think maybe I the think one so. the one last shot where it shows his arm doing the Z formation. Oh. But that yeah, that was not the original. But him like the, yeah, the that, bears and stuff falling the bears down. The is, yeah. I remember that. That was so funny from the. So I'm like, <laughs> I, there's so many times in this movie where I was like, in kind of like not in the just in a pure editing thing. Like that could have been cut. That could have been cut. That wasn't necessary. When they're and they like, get get the patients away from the windows, and there's like a shot of them walking patients, and the way patients look at the window. I was like, what the hell was that? Yeah, like that why was did we need to see forty that? seconds of my life that I didn't that that, that did not need anything. That shows you right there how the movie lost it at the end because yep. you, you start noticing a lot of stuff like yep. that didn't have to happen. That's really not necessary. Really? Why are we at the train station? Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I get it. And I, I mean, I, I kind of guess the whole shebang of it. And I even told my wife, she was what? And I go, you'll see. Like, I knew why he went through the tunnel. And mm-hmm. I love how the only people that seem to notice that the mental patients have escaped are some of the housekeeping staff. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guard looks about it, like, all right, see you guys. <laughs> uh, the guard's walking by going, that is a hot nurse. You yeah. Know? He's like really, and then. <laughs> but again. And also. Mr. Like, Glass, he's, he's a known. Right. Mass murderer. Right. It's not like some random dude. And surely, that guard was like, all right, see you. Surely you and can't remember, just walk him. Well, surely you can't just walk any patient. Anyone out. out. Well, so the the one allowance I will make here is that it's possible that this was entirely that agency operating everything. Hmm. So there were no real um, medical officials right. oh, that's, or actually, that's kind of a good point. security staff or whatever. Okay. Patients, I was going to say, but, but if that's the case, then they all know who they are. Right, exactly. The flip so. side of that makes it even worse <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> they would know that these people need to be contained and, and watched and yeah. maybe ultimately maybe killed. Maybe I mean, a, they are out to kill them, or maybe Because right? the machine, I think, was like a new thing. Maybe this was like a big Shutter Island social experiment to see, like, can we actually fool these people into thinking they're not... And well, then, like, she goes city to city doing this, right? Yeah. So she's been doing this. They've been doing it for a long time, and I guess I, I want to know. I just think her, the, I know the machine stats. might be the new thing. Hmm. I don't know. Again, I'm probably. I want to know her. The stats. laser. The, la- yeah. the laser. <laughs> like how many? Her success rate. Yeah. You know, I was like, you've been picked for this job. I'm gonna have to guess that it's worked, and then if it has worked, and this all comes out. Which would probably be even the better story is like all these people that you've convinced others like that son of a you know or that, yeah, you know, yeah. And then now they're like I am super and then they all flare up at the same oh, time yeah so there you go you're Johnny welcome Storm. Uh, M Night that's free. yeah that's the next one that's free even though you said you're not going to do any more sequels until the checks run out well that's the thing so, is that I remember reading an article in 2002 about him saying this is you know Unbreakable it's the first part of, of a trilogy and everyone this was an Entertainment Weekly I was oh it's really exciting. And then what happened happened. So I think everyone figured, well, that's the end of that, you know, plan. But then when Split did really well, I think I, I'm I'm curious to see if because maybe Split was, you know, testing with audiences is why he tossed in the David Dunn thing at the end to be like, well, maybe I can go ahead and make my trilogy here. What if every single movie that's come out <laughs> before Split? He had that scene filmed, and he's like, can I put this in here at the end? Lady in the water. It did happen. Did you see those aliens? Yeah, I have seen something like that before. They were devils. You mean demons? (laughs) Yeah, I'm familiar. 
But, you know, once again, as you said, it's a, hu- a hubris of his to where it's like yeah. he's going to kind of speak down to the audience. He knows better than you. He hopes you can keep up. Yeah. Which is also why he puts himself in his movies because he sees other great directors, Hitchcock, Tarantino. Totally. So he's like, I'm in that club just because I said I am. Yeah. You know, and I'm obviously I do the same things they do. So, you know, and I've got the twist. Now, the movie that got him back in was, uh, and it's also because he makes it through Bloomhouse, which is notorious. They make movies cheaply, mm-hmm. and then they can be profitable. <laughs> it was, huh? Devil? No, it was Devil. The Visit. So, um, Oh, that's the where it's like you're visiting your grandma or something. Yeah, it was right? almost like a found footage oh. one of those, but, it, it, but he didn't put his name on it. So at this point, like his career was he couldn't put like an M. Night Shyamalan film. Right. They thought it was bad for marketing. So he put that one out. And then when it did really well, everybody's like, whoa, that's M. Night Shyamalan? And that got him a little more... He did Stuart Little also. Oh. He wrote it. Hmm. You know, well, the guy who did Mad Max also did Babe, Mm -hmm. Big Pig, or Pig Mm -hmm. in the Big City, but... Mm -hmm. Did did any of you guys... What was that first movie he made? Or the the one with Rose O'Donnell in it? No, prior to that. He made a movie before The Sixth Sense? He did. Sixth Sense was actually his third movie. League of Their Own? Um, no, it was that called... was yeah, Penny Marshall Shyamalan. <laughs> uh, wide Awake. No, I didn't. I, know. I thought Sixth Sense was his first movie. I don't. Did what he, he had you something may, else, may but did he direct it? Or yeah, I remember that cover. Directed. I don't think I've ever seen it though. Yeah. And wait, now the cover says from the director of The Village and The Sixth Sense. Oh, sure does. Does it, uh, now I'm going to have to watch it because I want to see if he was like trying his twisty moves way back then. And... <laughs> no, it's pretty much straight sort of dramedy with Rosie O'Donnell and a kid who's. Parent, his dad died or something like that. Oh, that's so. a twist. Yeah, that's a, it's a regular movie. <laughs> what if he brings it's that the movie beast. into this? Oh, into that this is, universe that's origin yeah. story. <laughs> that could be Kevin. His dad died. He rearranges his whole film catalog to be simply the stories of his own little cinematic universe. The sh- the SVU or the you know. <laughs> I feel like not that we need. Oh, the visit there is, uh, but we even mentioned After Earth, but I don't think we need to because it's just. I don't even know what that is. That's the Bruce. Oh, the Bruce Willis, the uh, Will Smith and Jaden Smith movie. Did he direct that? He wrote and directed. Yeah, he didn't. Totally put his forgot name, that. He didn't put his name on that one either, and uh-huh. that one did not earn him any <laughs> way back because <laughs> it was overpriced. It was over budget. It was, and It did not perform. I thought it was so boring. Like mm-hmm. so boring. <laughs> it's like it's the same story you've seen a hundred times over, where there's an accident. One person's injured, the other person has to mm. go for help. Oh, but we're going to put it on another planet. Right. <laughs> and as aliens you haven't ever seen. But, <laughs> but twist, it's Earth. <laughs> did we? Do you know it's Earth going in to it? Well, after Earth. <laughs> the movie's called After, well, it's after yeah. Earth. And you, well, the whole thing is you, you crash on this planet and they're like, uh, and then when Will Smith goes, do you know where we are? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so obvious on the trailer. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I want to believe that, that M. Night is not like I feel like he has good ideas. I, I think the un, I, I especially think the character of David Dunn is a really compelling character Agreed. and idea. I think in the original movie, his relationship with his son is one of the highlights of the of the movie. Um, when before this came out, there were people online that were like, "I hope we get to see a scene of him lifting weights in this one." I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like I understand why it worked in the first movie, but. That is the last thing I need to see. But you know what? You did but You did get a weightlifting scene where he's did. like, and first of all, and that, what is his son's position at this school? Or is he just hanging out watching people Watching play, people watching in kids the gym. play? That's how you get question. on a list. Yeah. Um, but, and another thing about this movie, and I think good directors get good performances from their actors. 
I think James McAvoy was the hardest working person in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think Samuel Jackson was. He was like phoning it in. Oh, wheeling it in. He yeah. was just not even. <laughs> and then Bruce Willis, which is he's notoriously hard to work with for this fact. He's like he's there for the job, which is why he'll do pretty much any movie. Oh, Brian, Bruce is one of our listeners. <laughs> we'll cut this out. I actually have met him. Haven't really? No, really? Yeah, a yeah. long time ago in uh, Paducah, Kentucky. When he was there filming a movie in country, hmm. long, long time back when he was still married to Demi. So, okay. so that but he was at the bowling alley. Have you met her? She was there with him. She's also. I have, I have a sequel to, or not a sequel. I want to make. I want her to make a gender swapped indecent proposal where she plays Robert Redford. <laughs> <laughs> plays the actor Robert Redford in the yes. movie. Yeah. Yes, but I don't know. Do you think uh, uh, Ashton Kutcher will play the other? That, role? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> One more time. <laughs> but did no. you have another thought about M Night? Uh, well, I, his I ideas. Just, I feel like he has he has good ideas and sometimes executes them really well. He's I, I so I think what's important about him as a creator is he really does swing for the fences. Like he, and usually his track record is not good, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but at least he's sort of trying to do things that are kind of out there or outlandish or I think the problem is his ego gets in his own way. Yeah. He gets his own way constantly. Exactly. Yeah. I agree hundred percent. I think if he was, he could be the genesis and he could be the leading voice, but he needs to be able to delegate off to others. Maybe just the same problem happens with a lot of people like George Lucas. Yeah. He's right in my mind. I was like, he says Lucas. He a, he's a great creator. He's a great idea man. But as far as directing, he needs to be hands off. He needs to have, he needs to give, uh, or he needs to take notes from other people as far as his story ideas when they've gone too far one direction or the other. And he needs to actually, you know, listen to others a little bit when it comes to like bouncing his story ideas off someone. But for this movie, he fronted the money himself. It's twenty million dollars, and only after it was made did he pitch it to distribution people. So, yeah. So, so he this did, didn't he do the same with Split? Uh, I'm not right. sure. Did he? Um, so this is not going to so teach no him one any lessons. Is, yeah. yeah. It's not like people are coming to him and then saying like, oh, you're the genius. You go do whatever you want. It's like he he's working unfettered, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And it's going to make a ton of money. Yeah. 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 Just I mean, just by virtue of... What was the total budget on connection, this movie? Right? 20 million. No, it had to be more than well, 20 million. That's I mean, without marketing or anything. Because, I mean, just the payroll for the actors, though. I would think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's getting yeah. up there. Unless he sold them on the project. And maybe he did. But they, like Bruce Willis was not acting like he was sold on this project yeah, when he was acting. They could have also gotten <laughs> points on the back end for how well it does, maybe. Oh, possibly, they, yeah. yeah. Budget was $20 million. Wow. Well, that you know what? Estimated. Well done. Well, he's taken the Bloomhouse method for sure, and they will yeah. make money on it, and they will, it will just write him another one. It's already made over $100 million. Oh, for sure. There you go. Done. It's a, it's a huge hit. For sure. God. He's the real mastermind. <laughs> First name M. Last name Shyamalan. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Does anyone know what the M stands for? Maybe. Maybe night. <laughs> I don't know whether you're serious or not. <laughs> it's a twist. Yeah. Uh, do we want to wrap it up? Final thoughts? Oh, final thoughts. 
Are you famously reintroducing uh, final thoughts into the discussion? Um, sure. <laughs> I think we should start a new pa- podcast called Final Thoughts. <laughs> and it's yeah, but just, we don't explain anything that no, would happen. Yeah, we just have the final thoughts. We have an hour. I thought long, it was good. I liked it. We have an okay. hour-long conversation off mic. And then record our final thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Comments like, I've got splinters. I'm so on the fence on this one. <laughs> all right. um, Once again, that dummy has uh, fooled us all and will continue to fool us. Mm-hmm. Evil always wins. That's my final thought. Drew looks What confused. dummy? M. Night Shyamalan. Oh. <laughs> Were you thinking it was Mastermind? No, I was thinking like a mannequin. Uh, <laughs> Minaj. M A N O J. That was a uh, mannequin. Manage. Okay. Man- <laughs> Manage. Nikki. <laughs> that's, a, that's the M. Yeah. Manage. Is that your final thought? No. <laughs> um, no, I guess my final thought would be uh, I, would, I wasn't going into this with high hopes. I was really. Because I did like a lot of his early work, and I did enjoy Split. I was hoping he'd... And I think, especially with Split, because he had to do it in such kind of a back-assward way, it, it hum- humbled him a little bit. And then when it did so well, he was like, well, I can, you know, I'm, I'm good to go now. I can go right. back to what I was doing. And I feel like, you know, no big surprise, that was a huge mistake. That this could have been... And I think the first half was pretty damn good. And that just... He just... Un, uh, it broke mm. like glass. <laughs> um, quick, quick question mm-hmm. is so at, at one point in the movie, the beast started referring to the broken. Is he talking about Mr. Glass? No, that's something else. The broken are those who have suffered. Yeah. Any, so anyone that anyone, the reason why the beast is capturing cheerleaders and, and the like is because they're privileged, have led perfect lives, and they don't deserve salvation. So the beast's whole thing is, if you have suffered, like Casey did, then you are That's pure. That's why he lets her go. Exactly. So, and if you are not pure, then you need to die. What a shallow dick. Like, cheerleaders <laughs> <laughs> haven't <laughs> suffered? Like, come on. There's a wide spectrum of human yeah, and a wide spectrum of Yeah, just because they didn't suffer... Cheerleader. By your rubric. And it's a good thing he got him right out of the game. Like, while in uniform, <laughs> like, nobody noticed. Good deal. Yeah, right. Well, they kind of, I mean, that's kind of implied in the first one that his, his litmus is not that great because he captures Casey thinking she's along with him. He only discovers at the very end, oh, wait, you're, you're, you're damaged? I didn't realize. Goodbye. You can go. Uh, my final thoughts, the... Uh, I thing I liked about the movie was the seating. It was very comfortable. Um, <laughs> that's it. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I came into this very low expectations. They were not exceeded. Um, I don't think it was terrible. It just wasn't good. Yeah, it was mostly entertaining with some stretches. John went from bored. You said he was insulted, but there was a point where he was just like thriving. And I told him I would get him a plastic bag to breathe into. (laughs) You mean mean writhing? Writhing, yes. He wasn't like, I'm doing so well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Brian? Uh, You know, I didn't hate it. 
I mean, I, I, I can enjoy a movie pretty easily as long as it's got some entertaining moments, but I, th- I think we'd all agree that it really fell apart in the last moments, that the pacing, everything just seemed to start grinding yeah. to a halt. And um, I'm comfortable with there not being any more sequels. I think that's the, yeah. the big takeaway is like, I'm okay, I'm not... You don't make sequels. Yep. That's fine. Hang on to those rights. Don't ever, and, uh, don't I, ever let go of them. <laughs> I think that he is uh, a good idea person. I hope that he, I hope that he learns how to, I don't know, give up the control a little bit and yeah. actually be the creative force, but don't have to do everything because you don't do everything well. Yeah. You know, do what you do well and do it, but you got to let go of the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. So, well said. Thank you, Brian, for having us. Thank you. Thank you to Marcus you. Theaters, uh, as always. And uh, if Adam doesn't screw it up, we will be back <laughs> I did it. Yeah. We've got some good movies. And it, that's, I guess, my real takeaway is I'm so glad that uh, Samuel Jackson has another movie this year because uh, he, hopefully he'll be on track to be have the most listings in IMDb mm. for acting because ah, he's yeah. in you know, a couple more this year. So. Yeah. Um, just a personal plug real quick. Oh. Uh, I actually am now on IMDb. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I did some writing for a guy, and I am now technically, I guess, a professional writer. So you can look me up, IMDb. Congratulations. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Go yeah, so w- I got one. W- All right. I got one. <laughs> Keep going so that we can come in here and tear apart one of your films. Yeah. There you go. Next Gosh, Marcus movie madness. Yeah. Whatever Adam's in. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> and we'll make you sit here and go, explain yourself. <laughs> well, you see, I was... Your My hubris. I can't hear you over your hubris. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. So where's, where's the best way to take a look at uh, Marcus movies and like where to find tickets and upcoming excitement things? Right. So if you go to MarcusTheaters.com and then you'll pick the state and location, uh, you can definitely look at any of our theaters. The Marcus Theater app is out now. Uh, mm-hmm. It will have more functionality in just a few months because we're switching over our movie management system. Should I delete my Wernberg app? <laughs> did they have. actually have one? They and did. I, I'm it, asking that it, as a legit, honest It was horrible. <laughs> I'll tell you a secret about that. All right. So the guy who did all the IT and computer stuff for Warnberg, he was Russian, and he did all the code in Russian. Nice. Whoa. You know why? So that they could never fire him. Wow. Because <laughs> nobody could ever smart. rewrite That's his smart. code. Nobody could yeah. ever fix anything other than him. Take that, Shyamalan. Yeah. And they, and they just kept paying him. Kept Here, going. Shyamalan writes his scripts in Russian. Yeah. <laughs> Shyamalan. So... But yeah, no, thank you guys for coming out. Uh, we hope to do it again sooner than a year. You yeah. Know, it doesn't have yeah. to be an annual journey. So, yeah, we'd like that. Excellent. Yeah. And then, uh, as we said, we're going to keep making the room we do it in smaller and smaller. Yes. <laughs> and to where it's very claustrophobic. Excellent. All right. Put this on the Tilt-A-Whirl and send it into the archive. <laughs>